Whoa. <laughs> yes, indeed. It's the Drum Brigade Podcast, party people. Yeah. It's a happy day. It's a happy day. The happy days are here again. Yes, sir. Um, this is episode 79 of the Drum Brigade Podcast. Dude, very special episode today. Very epi- special episode. We have two guests today. I'm going to get to that in a middle. In the I'm going to get to that in a minute. I'm already blowing it, Phil. <laughs> already blowing it. Um, yeah, we're happy to be here. We're still in quarantine. Four weeks. This is our fifth week now. Fifth week. Fifth week, no income. I'm just... People are protesting in San Diego uh, and all over the country. Like, let us work. That's what I'm saying. But I'm kind of saying that to the coronavirus, not to the government. Like... Because I still don't want to get those Ronas, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, we'll get into all that. Um, before we get started, I'm Corey Kingston. Over there in Farbrook, producing the show from a distance, doing it right, doing it real. It's the one. It's the only. Funky Phil Pardell. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so check it out. We have a big name guest coming on. Like I'm, I'm nervous. One of my favorite drummers, but he's only coming on for like 15 minutes. <laughs> he would only give us 15 minutes of his time, which I will gladly take. But normally our guests come on for like an hour. So we only got 15 minutes to ask like every question I've ever wanted to ask, which we got a bunch of listener questions, like a bunch of listener questions. Um, so instead of just me and Phil talking the whole day and talking about the gigs we don't have and all that stuff and then getting to a 15 minute interview we decided to have one of our other favorite drummers on on the line with us right now mr kevin aguchi oh yeah the gooch is with us <laughs> yes sir Hello, what's up How y'all doing? <laughs> yeah so we got like a drum brigade party happening in here kev does a bunch of stuff with the drum brigade and um we're working on some future stuff, so we're going to get into a lot of things today. We're going to talk about Tiger King. We're going to talk about, what is it, being R. Kelly? or oh, sur- Surviving R. Kelly. Surviving R. Kelly. <laughs> the two best documentaries on Netflix right now. Uh, we're going to do, we're bringing it back, Phil. We're bringing it back. We're bringing back the Wheel of Death. No, wait. We're bringing back the video of the week today. Gosh, uh. my mind. <laughs> My mind is all messed up thinking about Tiger King. We're bringing back the video of the week. We haven't brought the video of the week. We haven't done the video of the week since like season one, dude. Maybe season two. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, now that we're doing this remotely, we have to record it, of course. And it, there's going to be a latency problem. But we're going to see how it goes today. We're going to watch two videos. We're going to analyze it. We're going to break it down. We're going to give our opinions. And um, it's probably going to be like dope. Uh, this drum brigade podcast, you can listen to it on all the platforms that you get your podcasts on, which would be iTunes, Google play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, overcast radio public, and always drumbrigade.com. Um, we all have, uh, websites that you can go to or Instagrams that you can go to follow us. We got, um, all kinds of content. We're all just doing stuff now because we got time because we're on lockdown. So. Um, we're going to talk about that briefly, too, after we get into it. <clears throat> um, drum Brigade, it's it's everything that you want in a drum company. 
Except we don't make drums. I don't even know what that means. I don't even know what that means. No, it's just a community. It's a family. It's just a you know a place for drummers. So we try to do. We try to our our mission is camaraderie over competition. We try to do that in everything that we do. So we try to give drummers a voice on the podcast. We try to give drummers an identity through our apparel, and we try to give drummers a camaraderie. Um, encouraging environment to take lessons through all kinds of stuff. We hold events when we, we used to hold events before all this madness and sheds and stuff. So anyways, it's the brotherhood of drums and, um, all that jazz. Uh, this week, our guest 15 minutes only people. That's all we get at the end of the show is Ari Honeg. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I uh, I saw Ari Honig in um, New York like last year, maybe the year before. I think it was last year. And um, I went to see him at Smalls and I totally fanboyed and took a picture with him. Like, hey, hey, man, can I get a picture with you? And I was like, should I try to interview him? And I'm just like, no, I just want to... I'm not here working. I'm on vacation. I've had a few drinks. I'm just going to take a picture with Ari Honig and be a fan for today. And it was dope. Nice. <laughs> so yeah, Ari's coming on. Um Dude, we don't got much time to ask him anything, but maybe we'll just ask him like what dinosaur he would want to be or want want as a pet. I don't know. We got a bunch of listener <laughs> questions for him though. <clears throat> so we'll uh we'll do that um and all that stuff. So anyways, uh did I mention a day in a life, lesson videos, vlogs, drum covers? Drum covers are getting lame these days, but I don't want to get on that soapbox just yet. Um but we still, you kind of have to do them right now, I guess. I don't know. I, I don't know what I'm saying. Let's just get into it, all right? I'm a mess. Oh, yeah. Friends, how y'all doing? Hello, friends. <laughs> There's going to be a latency problem again on that. I'm going to be way off beat. You guys are gonna be like this fool cannot sing. That's how diligent. <laughs> no, you'll dude. sound you'll sound on beat when it when you're playing the music. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Anyways, all right, guys. How's how's everything going? Five weeks into this, probably more. I feel like it's more. Or we're we're working on five, at least four weeks into this. Um, you know. I'm still trying to be busy. I just ain't making no money, man. Uh, when was your last gig? Um, I was trying to think of that. I don't remember what my last gig was. I don't even remember it. Because at that point, dude, like everybody was so busy. It was just a blur. Like I felt like I was just clocking in and clocking out and, and forgetting about it when I left. But I think, I think I played at Paula Casino as my last gig. And I was like sweating bullets, man. I was like, everybody in here is old and drinking and spreading germs. And I wasn't wearing a mask. Nobody was supposed to wear a mask anymore then. And so yeah. I was like, I was, dude, I was stressing. I was like, I didn't want to go near anybody, but people kept coming up and being like, you guys sound great. Excuse me. <laughs> they're like, you guys sound great. And they're like, yeah, I was just, dude, I was nervous. My last gig, I remember being nervous. I, I had a um like a short like five day run like out in, in like Nevada I guess like the first weekend of March and I remember we got back, like on like maybe the 
seventh or something like that. And I was like, mm-hmm. hey, I just got back from Vegas and it was crazy out. And then literally in three days, yeah, like it just upside down. My last gig was on the 11th. I played the holding company with uh, my roommate's band. And like, I remember before we did it, we were all like, should we do this? And then I, la- I literally was like, look, I think we're going to lose all our gigs by next week. So like, let's just cherish this last one. Yeah. And we had a really good time. And literally like in the next three days after that, like all gigs were gone. Dude. And I was like, I'm glad we got this last one in. It was fun. You know what I mean? And I kind of knew it was going to happen. So I was able to like, I'd just be like, all right, this is it. Let's do it. You know, <laughs> like, I wish I, fun. I wish I would have like, I wish there was some kind of warning. Like we, I mean, there was kind of, but cause if, it, if there was like one more thing, I would have probably played like a fun gig or something or like something cool that I'm like, this might be the last one. You know what I mean? Like, but I, instead I like, I wasn't thinking it was going to get to this. Like I wasn't thinking all gigs are canceled. I was thinking some gigs are going to get canceled. But I thought, like, maybe the casinos, the casinos kind of play by their own rules. They ain't going to shut down. And so I'm like, and I had, like, tons of casino gigs, and they're all, like, well-paying. So I was like, I think I'll be all right. If I can hold on, I was like, if I can hold on, like, I don't think restaurants will close. I don't think casinos will close. And so I'm like, people are still going to go out and stuff. And, like, you know, if you're sick, you're not going to go out, dude. And so I was like, I remember I was talking to one of my, my students' parents and she was like, Hey, is anything canceled for you? How's work going? And I'm just like, no, I think I'll be all right. I'm like, I have a few lessons and I have a residency gig and, and I have some casino gigs. I'm just thinking if those, if I can hang on to those, I'll be all right. And then I literally like shut the lights off, went outside, looked at my phone and my phone was like, Hey guys, all of the Eddie V gigs are canceled. <laughs> I'm like, no. <laughs> and then like, I'm like, okay, well, that sucks. That's a big hit, but at least I still have the casino gigs. And then I got a text like the next day, like, Hey, casino gigs are still going. Don't worry. I just talked to them. Just got off the phone. They're not going to cancel anything. So we're still good. And then that night it was like, this gig has been canceled <laughs> and it's like shut down. And so, yeah that was it. I was like, that's all my gigs. And then I just start looking like all my schmucky metal gigs are just like, boom, canceled this one. But they're not saying canceled. They're saying this gig has been postponed so they don't have to pay us. And like, I'm like, okay, now I have no work whatsoever. Not one gig is happening. So. You know, what's weird is, um, I had the same amount of gigs in, you know, like it was a pretty, pretty, um, busy month, but for some reason, all the gigs in March were like, significantly higher paying yeah so like it was the same amount of gigs but it was probably like twice the amount of money and i was like oh no like um, <laughs> i was lucky to get that run in at the very first week of, of march though because it was like a substantial amount of money you know what i mean yeah. like i got lucky but yeah dude that was uh it was crazy like but the one thing though i was like it's not just me this is happening to everybody I know. so i was like that's what i, I keep saying know. what about you phil did you, what was your last gig Oh, my last gig was Viejas. Mm, the best drums in the world. Your favorite drums in the world. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> Phil's favorite, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love those. What a great last gig to play, dude, on the worst right. drums ever. Yeah. Yeah, it was like uh, March 14th, I think. Man. Yeah, that's like at the cusp. Yeah. yeah like That was like literally... 
I think it was. I don't. I think it was the next day. They were like, everything's closed, <laughs> dude. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't remember if that was it or if it was an Eddie V's gig. I don't. I know it wasn't something cool. And I remember, I, I right before this went crazy, I was. I did that fly out to San Jose, and um, I was like, this is definitely going to be the last fly out for a while. I don't see us flying. Like, if this gets any worse, I don't see us flying anywhere. And like, so I was like, I want to make the best of this, you know, but I was that I was stressing too, because nobody at the airport was wearing masks. Nobody was like taking any precautions. I saw like, like two out of like a hundred or like 150 people or more wearing a mask and, and they, and everybody was looking at them like they're weird. Yeah. And I remember, I remember you, I, you offered the lady next to you sanitizer or sanitizing yeah. wipes to clean her, her seat area. And she was like. Nah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, just straight up, like, no. I'm. She was like, "What a great idea that is," and I'm like, "Would you like one?" She's like, "No, I'm good." I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> she probably has yeah. those Ronas now. That's crazy too, because uh, that's where my family is in San Jose, and so like I've been in touch with them, and like it hit so much worse there. Really? Like faster than it did here. You know what I mean? Like they were ahead of us like by days. They're just like, is this happening there? And I'm like, no, not yet. And then like a couple days later, it would be like, yep, 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 yep. So yeah, I, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'll get to this in a minute because this is indeed a soapbox, but yeah, I, let's just get into it now. Gosh, dang it. trying to hear that right now <laughs> okay <clears throat> dude similar to last week's soapbox i have two, i have two today similar i actually didn't know this was going to be a soapbox but dude i don't yeah since last week okay so me and my wife when this all went down me and my wife have been like okay cool we're spending time together let's get out in nature let's get away from people we've been staying home a lot but I either am only here or at the studio unless I like, I'm either at the studio or at my house, I should say. Um, unless we just go to the store or something or the post office. But, um, and when we go out full on masks, gloves, like jacket, whatever, we're like, we're, we're decked out in our safety gear. Okay. <laughs> Call us weird, whatever. But like, I honestly was doing this mask thing before we were supposed to do it. And people were looking at me so weird. Like, I went to Walmart and I was like, I'm going to wear a mask. Like I wore a scarf around my face and people were looking at me like I was going to rob the place and nobody was wearing a mask. Now everybody is wearing a mask in like, at least in Vista where I live. Okay. Well, anyways, last week we were like, okay, now all the state parks are closed. So we can't go hiking anymore. Or like most of the hiking trails are blocked off. You cannot go like you'll get a ticket if you go hiking um, if it's on a state park. So like we were going up to Palomar and hiking up there and it was so dope, so beautiful. There's like snow and it was just like awesome. But I, I'm, I'm assuming that it's blocked off and you can't go hiking up there anymore. Um, so we're like, okay, well, where can we go? We went to like three or four different hiking trails in the area, all blocked off. You can't go. So we're like, all right, let's just go to the beach. Well, the beach is closed too. You cannot go walking on the beach. So you can walk on the sidewalk. Dude, we went to Carlsbad and it is like flooded with people, like hundreds, thousands of people just walking around, riding bikes, jogging, 
cool. You're allowed to work out. You're allowed to get exercise. I get that. But dude, this is not like that. This is like people are setting up like picnics on the grass, watching the sunset. There's fools just walking around drinking white claws. Like in like nobody is wearing a mask. Nobody. It's all these like millennial, like younger people that are just out there hanging out, going on dates. Like there's a full playing drums, fake playing drums, like busking on the grass. Put your tips in here. Like lawn chairs. I mean, the whole, it looks like Carlsbad did not stop. You just can't go to the beach or on the beach. Full on. I mean, like full on. And me and my wife seem like the only two. There was probably like 20% of people were wearing a mask or anything like that. Everybody else was walking around like nothing, dude. Nothing. Like just a bunch of hipsters drinking White Claws, watching the sunset, gathering. And like I cannot believe it. And like the whole time I'm like, babe, like what the heck is going on here? What are we doing here? You know, and we're like wearing a mask and just trying to get exercise and walk and get and like get some ex- like fresh beach air. But then I'm like seeing like my my buddy Marcel like texted me a picture of downtown, and there's all these fools like doing this Trump rally and like protesting being on lockdown. And again, none of them wearing masks. All of them in close proximity. Like all of them congregating closely. And like, what, dude, whatever your political stance is, whatever, that aside, like you're protesting something and you're doing exactly what's like hindering us from stopping doing this. It, whether, whatever you think, dude, if you think this is a, a government conspiracy and all that stuff, that's fine. But you cannot deny that people are dying, you know? And like, oh my gosh, it's freaking irritating me, dude. Like here I am on lockdown and not able to work and I get that they're protesting, like let us work you know, this isn't freedom and all this stuff, but dude, you can't help it that people are getting sick. I guess, you know, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe it is a conspiracy. I don't know. But my real soapbox is about this freaking, this, this Carlsbad thing where people are just like, whatever we've, 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 um, quarantined for enough time. I'm going out and I'm, I'm living life, dude. Give me, yeah, I'll take a white claw. Yeah, let's set up the lawn chairs right here and like listen to this fool wannabe playing drums. And you know what? This dude playing drums, not even, just stop, all right? This dude has a hi-hat and a snare and then like a speaker and he's using the bass or the kick drum from the songs to play his kick drum and then he's just playing the snare on two and four and playing a hi-hat. What the heck are you doing? That's not drums. My wife is like, is he dope? I'm like, no, this fool sucks. (laughs) (laughs) And like, nobody's putting in, he's getting tips. Dude, like more power to you for freaking like trying to get out and play. But like, really? No kick drum. You don't even, he's not even pretending to play kick drum. And people are like, like dancing. And I'm like, oh my gosh. All right. Anyways, that's it. I ain't trying to hear that right now. Yeah, that's ridiculous, man. It's ridiculous. Just so crazy that you said all that because I went for a walk in uh, with my friend in Mission Beach uh, on uh, two day or three days ago, and it was the same thing. There was a drummer out on on like by the by PB. Um, like the bars out there, a lot of them are doing to go drinks. No way! Yeah, dude. how is this I, possible? 
I don't know. I, I mean, it's like it's not like people, but I did notice people did get were congregating for the sunset, you know. Yeah. But um, I mean, it's not as bad as like picnicking and stuff like that. But like, it was crazy. And I noticed I live in North Park, and everyone out here is wearing masks. And then I got out there, and no one's wearing masks. Yeah. I was like, whoa. That's that's like Vista, dude. You go to just the local market, and like everybody is wearing them, and like people are looking at you like you are the most daring living life on the edge full ever if you're not wearing a mask. Like, everybody is wearing a mask. Except for those people I was on the soapbox about last week, those, that grandpa with his little girl, and that pissed me off. <laughs> I don't but, you know, you can go in without a mask now. I think you have to have a mask. Or you're oh, really? Yeah. Dang. Yeah, it's, it's... The other thing is, how are people getting these masks? Dude, you cannot find them anywhere. Like... Um, I have friends that like have them for like their work. Like my friend that I went to go see, she's an esthetician. So she has a bunch for work. Oh yeah. Um, but luckily like people have been making them too. Like my friend made me this one. Oh yeah. Cool. Pretty dope. Uh, I have another one that was made cause uh, my roommate plays with uh, Jenny and the tramp. Mm-hmm. And then she made, she made a bunch for all of us, which is so nice, you know, like that's cool. cool. Nice. Math club, you know? Yeah. My, I just got one. I ordered some from, um, Marcel is Marcel East, who I was doing that gig with. Um, he's, uh, him and his wife, his family are making them and they're like that one, like designer style, <laughs> like yeah. cool patterns and stuff. And so, and then, you know what, actually too, Channing Cook Holmes. I don't know if you can know Channing. He's coming on the show, uh, maybe next week, but sweet. He's like a designer, um, fashion dude, and a phenomenal drummer. And he's making some too on his page. But he's saying they're only for fashion. They're not really like safety masks. But uh, I'm sure that something's better than that. Dude, I made, I literally busted out my wife's vintage sewing machine and made a face mask, like one of those things that's just like a turtleneck kind of thing that you put over your face. And it's from a Drum Brigade shirt. So it's just the Drum Brigade logo on my face. Ooh. Um, it's pretty cool. I would make some for other people, but I'm first of all, I'm not a good sewer. And second of all, they're my old t-shirts. And I don't know if you want to wear one of my old t-shirts on your face. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, um, but yeah, anyways, so, all right. Coronavirus, every, every episode we've talked about the coronavirus and I know that's what's on people's minds, but like, I, you know, but I don't, I don't really like spending a lot of time talking about it just because that's all you hear on the news. And then, then you start going down a path of like, is it real? Or, and we start getting political and then I don't, so I don't want to do that. So let's chat about like normal stuff that we always chat about on the show, that being drums and what we've been up to. And then let's get on videos of the week and spin the wheel of death. Um, so yeah. Um, have you guys done anything music related over the past couple of weeks, four weeks or last week? Yeah. Um, I mean, so I think the one benefit of the quarantine and the, and the Rona that it's like, I, it's gotten me, I've been talking to like all like my buds again, you know what I mean? Like people you walk touch with busy, like you have nothing to do. Um, so like I, uh, because of that, I like started combing old hard drives and I found like old videos and old like pictures and stuff and started like sending them to friends that I missed. And then, it also, I also found like old sessions of like stuff that we recorded. And oh, cool. um, my buddy Lee Pardini lives up in LA, he's like a good dentist. Um, we used to live together, so we used to like record sorts of stuff. And so, um, I, I've been talking to him about that stuff. And so, like, you know, we're talking about doing some more stuff together for the future, too. But also, I was like, hey, man, I'm gonna like, 
I'm going to do a video with some of the stuff and put it on Instagram. And he's like, heck yeah. So like, um, I found like an old version of ain't nobody we did. That was seven. And like, I was like, dude, this is, I remember this thing. So let's do that. And then my roommate's a, um, a musician too. So I, he just, he just got logic. So like, I've been teaching him how to get around in logic and you know, how to like record stuff. And so we've been like working on some ideas. Um, then also like I've been, I think it's fun to try to find a minute long thing that would sound cool, like a minute long section, just a section of a song to do an Instagram video to, you know what I mean? Like not do the whole song, but find like an isolated like minute part. That'd be cool. So I did the bridge of like this and like, yeah, I don't know. Like just stuff to stay busy basically. Right. Right. Not trying to like change the world or anything or like, you know, but I'm just doing stuff to be like, Hey, I still enjoy playing Trump. Like, yeah, still play we're, drums. Yeah. we're all like content creators now. <laughs> what, about <laughs> yeah, you? Totally. what about you, Phil? This week, um, a friend of mine showed me a, a challenge video of doing an Afro Cuban, uh, polyrhythm thing. I, I got, Don't send that to me. I dove into and I, and I upped it by like doing left foot clave with it. Too. Oh boy! So I spent some time <laughs> doing that. <laughs> I went down. So a, you're, huh? It's gonna be an Instagram video. Yeah, I just put it up this morning. Oh, dope! I didn't even Ooh. see it. Dope. Yeah, look forward to. Yeah. yeah it's hard, Dang. man. I, it's still not like the feel isn't isn't quite dialed. I'm like, it's still you know. I'm still trying to get the mechanics fluid, but it's, yeah, it's a work in progress. (laughs) Um, we, uh, so I, um, I feel like everything that I've been doing is basic dude, but, um, I just, this week it's videos not out yet. It, It might be coming out like today or tomorrow or something, but I did, um, I actually got kind of hired to do, um, to track drums and do a video for Instagram for, um, the side hustle, which is, um, Ian on guitar and I don't know if you guys Freebie. know Ian and Kevin Freebie and this other dude Ross on sax. I don't, I don't, well, let me, let me check. I want to make sure I'm giving everybody their due credit. Um, so it's, um, give me a second. So anyways, it was, ba- it was like just a funk tune. They do, um, smells like teen spirit, but funk funky. And it was dope. But the thing that was, so I don't know if I, did it just so it's Noah Williams, organ player, Ian Patrick clear on, um, guitar, Kevin freebie and Ross Rizzo on, on, um, sax, uh, funky version, man. But, um, anyways, we, I tracked the drums here at my studio and then, um, I was proud of myself in the fact that he sent over a chart and he sent over like the, um, what do they call it when like I sound so stupid right now, but when you play like big like either churches or big gigs where they like call out like okay here's a verse here's a chorus in in the recording, and it's like to a click and I forget what it's called. Anyways, people out there are like what a what a what a Dumbo this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Anyways, he sent over a chart. He sent over the stuff, and I like read this thing down and played it, and I feel like I did a, did it justice. They're probably like, this is not at all what we had in mind, but I feel like my, what I'm saying is not trying to pat myself on the back. I guess I am. (laughs) I'm just trying to say that I was happy and pleased that I was able to read down a chart in a recording and like play it. 
and I was happy with my reading skills. That's all I'm saying. Because I'm not really confident in my reading skills most of the time. That's nice. It. All right. There you yeah. go. Good job. You Corey. had a bad taste. You had a bad taste in your mouth from your last session with Omar, and then now you're like, ah, oh, redemption. <laughs> that one was another one though. That one was like I had to read that one down. That was really hard. It was that was a really hard one. But that one, the charts are kind of sketchy. This one, the charts could not be more clear, and they were like there was an actual drum chart. Like it was kick and snare patterns, and then you could do whatever you want in the hi hat. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I, I, I listened, I heard uh, when you were talking about that other session you did, and I was like, yeah, that sounds crazy hard, but with no scratch track, you're just like, okay, counting bars for solo right. section, you're like, that sounds terrible. Like That's so, exactly what it was, yeah. Yeah. And then, so Bobby, Bobby was... Um, doing the piano recording the piano and he's like he's saying the same thing like what is up with this chart he's like dude there's like nine there's like a repeat or something i forget what song he's like but there's like a nine bar section and he's like and i'm having to like count and he's like i think you guys did 10 and like i'm like dude i don't know like think about us just bass and drums like having to lay this down with feel and i'm like asking for the tracks like the MIDI tracks, and he's just like, no, I don't got him. Just read the chart. I'm like, unbelievable, dude. So, yeah. Yeah, it takes all your intuition out of it. Like, as you get, like, more experienced on drums, when you get to a solo section, that's the fun part, right? You right. just like to rock out and ride the wave of and follow the soloist, but you don't get to do that. Like, you're reduced exactly. to, like, how you used to read charts where you stare at the bar that you're counting, you stare at the next bar exactly. that you're counting and like <laughs> that's exactly what it was like and and yeah. like we're trying to imagine like hey let's try me and omar are saying let, let's try to build like because there's supposed yeah, to be yeah. backgrounds this time this on the second repeat the background starts so let's try to build and like kind of nail those like hits with the backgrounds and like dude it was exactly that and like when i play with western standard time i'm i'm normally like especially on the newer charts i'm reading the chart until we get to the solo section, then it's just repeating until they cue out. And yeah. so I'm, that's where I'm not reading and I'm just like feeling it until I get a cue. And then I'm like, okay, I'm back on the chart. And like, so trying to do that in the studio was just like, Oh my God, dude, this sucks. Dude, this is like, this is super hor horrible, but we'll see how they came out. Like that. He was really happy with the drum charts. I mean, the drum tracks on that one. Nice. Um, this one, they didn't say, yeah, that sounds great or anything. So I'm like, I may have like embellished a little too much, like on this section where it's supposed to be just like a hi-hat kick drum thing, you know, and like, I may have just played a beat through it, <laughs> may or may not have, um, and just played the kick drum pattern, like what was written. So I didn't really pay attention to their, um, like digital drum version, you know, their like program drum version. I just listened to the drumless version and read the chart and played what was on the chart so that they didn't say i said hey i don't know if this is exactly what you wanted but if you if you want something different i can definitely lay down another chart like i mean another track tomorrow if you want and they didn't say yay or nay so so that must if they're not saying nothing that must mean they're okay with it right um yeah yeah but it was really a... fun I have a try. I have a tune that someone just emailed me like last week, and that I need to start working on recording. And I, I think the way I always do that when I have when they're always just like do whatever, I'll give them two versions. I'll do one yeah. that's like bare bones, like you know, like 
so simple and then i'll give him one that is like buck wild i should do that i should do that that's a good concept like good um concept to have for drum tracking my thing is though dude i want that if, if i could start drum like tracking drums here remotely that would be amazing that would be so cool it's so much fun and it's so there's like no there's no pressure because you're in your own studio and you're on your own drums and you can do it as many times as you want. You don't feel the pressure of like everybody watching you, you know? Um, but I want that mixer so bad. Like I want to get the zoom. I think it's a L 12. Um, and you could, I could, cause I'm, I'm right now. I'm not able to really track drums here. They sound good, but I'm not really able to track drums properly because I have like kick snare and then overhead, right overhead left. And like, that's it. I have four tracks, you know? So um, I have, I've been looking into like, um, updating, like my, I have, I have decent recording gear, but like, I've been looking into updating stuff even before all this happened. Cause like whatever. Um, but have you guys looked into the universal audio interfaces at all? Yeah, those are rad. I haven't Dude, seen them. The, the cool thing about those things is, um, the interfaces themselves have DSPs in them. So the processing power isn't pulling from your CPU. Cause I know all of oh. us have like older computers right so yeah um all the processing power is in it, it demands from the interface because it's got dsp in it and on top of that too they have these um these crazy digital emulators of like vintage preamps that Ooh. you run before your computer so like you're, you you dial your tones using these like um uh, these digital preamps like you know api neve ssl all that stuff and um it all happens before your computer so you're not using your computer cpu um and i think the reason why i wanted it too is because uh, everyone the reviews and everything says is that these digital things they sound really good right but i just want to do it so that i can learn the parameters of these vintage um out this vintage outboard gear so that if i ever do work or engineer at like a real studio like i know the knobs and i know how these things work you know what i mean yeah. like if i can Every studio has API and needs stuff now if it's a really good studio. And that's what the, when I talk to engineers and producers, every time I've worked in the studio, they're like, yeah, you know, on the kick drums, I'm always like, yep, that's the same one I keep hearing. You know what I mean? Like the 1176 or like the API. And so if I learn kind of the parameters of that, then like I'll be able to do that stuff eventually. You yeah. Know what I mean? So I think it's a good way to learn. You know what I mean? Like that's the kind of uh, stuff I would love to get into because I can't, I'm, mixing and all that stuff i'm like so i'm like so at the beginning of all that like i'm first of all i'm still using GarageBand, and like just to get just to capture stuff and then like i've been just sending the raw files to whoever wants to mix it down or whatever or just use it for content but i would like to get into actually recording like drum tracking drums at my studio and um letting them mix it you know letting them do it or or having you know like one of the dudes that um has rents the same space i do here that's what he does um he does mixes and all this anyways he like so with him so he we play in a band tigros together and um i also did uh like so i've been just trying to collaborate right with people like hey we, you want to do something like we're not doing anything so i would love to just track drums and video it and see what happens so we did like a little um one of our new songs for tigros we just tracked a drum like a we tracked the drums here and then he mixed it and it completely changed the sound of my my kit it's like 
crazy, crazy how much he made it sound like a rock kit when it's like, mm. t- it's like 10, 12, 14 toms. But I, I use like a big beefy fat snare. Um, and it sounds so good. So like, I'm like, it's possible. I just wish I had more options. Like I wish I was able to mic every part, you know, and like, I, you know, then I, then we can start getting into like building baffles to, you know, either get a big room sound or a close room, close, you know, sound and all kinds of things. And then, then getting mics and like, you know, it's just, but I feel like with what I have now, if I got like a nice, a a better, like, um, USB, like mixer interface, set up and like i got some better overheads i feel like i can do some damage with my setup here so yeah the uh, the ua stuff is great too because it's all expandable you can link them together you know what i mean so that yeah. if you say you have a four channel one you know mm-hmm. um if you eventually got channel one you have you have 12 now because they link yeah. together you know what i mean through adat so my goal is all. I just want to get to the point where, like, if I um, track some drums, I don't ever want to. I don't think I'll ever be able to mix stuff. I don't understand that. It's Me crazy. either. But I, I would love to be able to be like, I record this stuff in my house, send it to someone. They'd be like, "Yo, this is your home studio. Like, these drums right. sound great." And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, right." But, that's like, exactly that's all what I want to do. do. Yeah, that's the yeah. same for me. Yeah, Phil's already doing it. <laughs> Trying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's cool. I mean. I never thought I would be able to do that, but it's, it's really, it's nice to do it. It's nice to just be like, yeah, dude, well, here's my setup right now, you know? And like, if you're okay with that, then let's do it. But I have like, so I've, so far I've done, I did that collaboration. It's not, it was more like a setup, like a drum cover, but I did that Brazilian thing with that Brazilian funk thing with Kevin freebie. That was rad. And, um, there's a lot of the same guys from the side hustle. Um, but, um, that was that was cool. That was like the that was like the first one to kind of get the ball rolling. And then I I did um I'm doing another one with Dub Robot and it's like just a reggae cover. And so I'm working on getting him all that stuff. So that should be cool. Um and then um and I still got to do a few more things with that before I send it to him. And then uh we did the Tigros one. I did the Side Hustle one. And then I have I have another one that I'm working on with hopefully that we can get it dialed. It's a Smith cover with my brother singing. So I don't know if it it could be good, could be bad. I don't know, but we'll we'll see. Like with some of the other guys, I'm just trying to like random dudes. Like, yo, can you record guitar on this? And then like, can you like record bass on this? Like some other guy. And so I'm just gonna try to get as many fools as I can. Like to just be like, yo, you want to do something? Let's do something. Like let's just jam on this and see what you come up with. You know. And just post it. So you're gonna do a Smith cover? Are you gonna do like get jiggy with it, or are you gonna do? Uh... <laughs> oh, Will Smith? Yeah. yeah. How did you guess? <laughs> that would be, <laughs> that would be so dope to just be like, yeah, like we're just totally going for it, like Smiths, and it's just like not what people Jayden, think. Jaden Smith. <laughs> <laughs> we should do a Will Smith cover of like, but like do it Smith style. And then, like, I oh. wonder how many people would get it. I wonder how many people would get it. That'd be good. Super sad, but, like, happy hip-hop. <laughs> <laughs> dude, Will Smith had to have the worst. He had... Dude, when, and when it was, like, 1989 or whatever, I was full-on into it, dude. Just full-on. Like, parents just don't understand and, like... <laughs> dude, 
I'm a massive fan of Will Smith, dude. I think he's like he's a good visionary. He follows yeah. through with everything, and he does a good job. He's a good actor. He's a good entertainer. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, do you know his wife was had a metal band that Thomas Pridgen played drums for? What? Yeah, she was in a band. She had a band called Wicked Wisdom, and the two drum they were like a metal band. And the two drummers she had was Fish from Fishbone, and then when he oh couldn't do it, it was Tom. It was Thomas Pridgen. Oh my gosh! That's yeah, crazy. they did like. I think they did some of the late night shows. Like I was like, okay, whatever. They toured with Seven Dust and stuff like that. Dude, that's dope. I, I was a rap rocker, man. I was into all that. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like, dude, I, I remember when Fresh Prince came out, and it was like, I mean, I was a little kid, but like, I was all that was exactly like what I was about. Like, I dressed like that. Like everything. I was. So, I was like. And I remember when it came out, I was mad because I was so into Will Smith's music as a rapper that I was like, when is he going to start rapping? Like, I didn't know it was a sitcom. <laughs> I was like waiting for him to like bust out in a song. Like, I thought it was just a music video or something. I was like, I don't get it. Like, why isn't he rapping? He only rapped at the beginning. Awesome. <laughs> and that first episode is when Jazz plays drums, dude. He like, remember he actually oh, yeah. gets a kit and then he's like, let me show you how it's done. And he just like busts out a solo. The thing that, but like, it would be like dancing next to him. I'm like, dude, that guy's so cool, dude. Like, yeah. I, w- I would have been like his Carlton. I wouldn't mind if he made fun of me constantly. Just the <laughs> fact that I would get to hang out with him. I was like, yeah, this is tight. <laughs> he's, he's cool. I feel like now he's become like the standard, like he's kind of become a little bit Romeo de pocket. Like he's a little bit like a, an older dad, you know, like he's, and he's trying to be cool. You know, like I've seen a couple videos where he's still trying to rap and I'm like, I know you're joking. But now this is like my dad trying to rap. It's not cool, dude. <laughs> it's like a little... he, he, he did Coachella with his son. Yeah. Like he performed at Coachella with his son. And I was like, oh, that's sweet. And then I listened. And I was like, this is really not my thing. But yeah, you know. yeah. It's just outdated. I, I get it. It's cool. But he's, dude, he's, I mean, he's like the one of the biggest celebrities ever. And like, I feel like he's always stayed true to hip hop, which is cool. You know, even though it's really corny, it was like the hip hop that your parents can like when when he was like really doing it but it was it, when i was a kid i was just full on dude i was like i loved everything he was doing and dude and then like all the kids are dressing like him now you know like when he was on fresh prince they all look like that high top fade little short shorts <laughs> yeah you know um, what i respect about him is he never ever went um out he, everything that he does is always like pretty family oriented and it still has his edge you know what i mean like he yeah. never ever like went to the point where he's like, you know, screw it, you know, or like he doesn't even really cuss all that much, like never yeah. in his music, you know. And no, yeah, that's like comedy; it's a fine line. Like if you can pull that off without being crazy, like that's pretty impressive to me. Yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah, he's it's I, there, and that's the thing. Like I've also there's not many Will Smith movies where I'm like, ah, this is kind of whack. Like every movie I'm like, this is a dope movie, dude. I'm all in. Like everyone, like even like hitch and like, I don't know, like, dude, I, I freaking independence day still is killer. Like what's the other one with zombies? What's the one with, and, uh, what's the one with zombies? Um, yeah, Yeah, that's Uh, a good one, man. That's a really good movie, actually. Yeah, that, that one and um, I Robot is freaking dope, dude. Will Smith. <laughs> now I'm back on board, dude. You know what's funny is um, before this all went down, when I was like making a living, 
I was like, dude, I should, <laughs> I should buy the, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Like you can download it on iTunes for like 60 bucks. And I was like, ah, I don't want to spend, I don't want to spend the money. My wife will be mad or something. And I should have done it. Cause now I would have had like endless amounts of like a hundred episodes of Fresh Prince of Bel Air to watch. And I don't. Now I'm bummed. <laughs> it, it was produced by Quincy, man. That's why it's fire, dude. Yeah. That I I still you know what's crazy too? You probably know this, but like when you when you travel to like Europe or travel to um Mexico, um, your Netflix is different. And they have yeah, it yeah. on there, dude. They have Fresh Prince of Bel Air on Netflix in other countries. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I have seen that before. And then I was stoked and you get back and then it's gone. And it's gone. Yeah. You're like, dang it. But like, dude, I will like, I literally will be binge watching Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Like it's on all night on my iPad, like, you know, in the hotel room. And like, I'm full on. I just like, it's just great, dude. I just freaking love that show. Ever since I was a little kid, dude, little kid, Corey with high top fade and Nike flight shoes on. <laughs> I like it. I like it when that show got serious, you know, like when Carlton like took speed. Yeah. And I was like <laughs> And I was like, oh man, this is a serious one, dude. dude. I was like, whoa. That was one of the best episodes though, dude. Remember he was dancing, he was doing the running man? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like he's doing the running man like super fast and then he pauses and then he like keeps going again. <laughs> <laughs> this is so good, dude. It's so yeah, good. Yeah. There's the other one too, where where Will Smith is like crying and he's like he hugs Uncle Phil because he's his dad isn't around and he's like uh, he gets in trouble and he's like kind of crying and that was like where he showed that he could be a serious actor. That was like a monumental episode. It's <laughs> funny. Yeah, um, James Avery, good actor. Yeah, I dude, I I don't know if I told this story on the show before, but I saw him one time at the Hotel Del Coronado. I was loading in, like wheeling my cart in, and he was walking out of the door and like, but it was, it was like a back door. It was like, I was wheeling into the ballroom or something. And it might not have been, it, it was, if it wasn't Hotel Del Coronado or some other thing, but dude looked exactly like Will Smith. I mean, exactly like Uncle Phil. He was dressed like him, beard, the whole thing. He was, he was Uncle Phil <laughs> in real life. And I walked in <laughs> wheeling my cart. And he, he like barged through the door and it was like, we passed each other quick. And I was like, Oh my God, like it's uncle <laughs> Phil. And I go, Hey. And then he just goes, Hey. And then like, keeps walking. He doesn't, he doesn't stop. <laughs> doesn't say anything. Doesn't like, he knew, obviously I recognized him and he just was like, Hey, and kept walking. Like, don't talk to me. <laughs> and I was just like, I would rather take that than like him stopping and being like, dude, you're uncle Phil. And like, I can't remember your last, your real name and you know, whatever. But yeah. And so, and then he died. <laughs> yeah. RIP. Yeah. <laughs> Man, you yeah. know, why does that happen when you get nervous when you meet someone? Like, your brain just goes blank. Why does yeah. that happen? I know. I don't I don't know. It's like, yeah. <laughs> I wish I... Like, what are you going to say, though? Like, I felt like that was a good reaction. Like, me just going, hey, like, it's obviously I recognize you. I recognize you. And then, obviously, like, you don't care. And it's, like, freaking great. It's like, everybody recognizes you. And he's not trying to be, like, incognito. He looks exactly like he did on the show. Or he did full beard, like the whole thing, dude, like wearing a sweater or something, you know, just looked exactly like him. 
It was so funny. And he reacted like Uncle Phil would react, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I should have, I guess I would have been like, I, he probably gets all of it. Like he probably was getting everything that you can imagine. Like, I don't know. Can you throw me out of the door? Like he threw out jazz every, every episode or every other episode. Like, you know, I did meet um, a famous motocrosser. I know it's not a big deal, um, but he was like one of the first dudes. I don't know. Anyways, he's just a big freestyle guy, uh, Mike Metzger. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of him, but he was um, a really famous motorcycle guy. And he was walking out of a sushi place in, in Marietta, and I was walking in. And then I like, I think he held the door for me. And I was like, oh, what's up, man? I'm like, big fan, big fan. And he's just like, oh, thanks, man. And then I just like kept walking. <laughs> and I just like feel dumb, like being like, yo, oh my God. Oh, like this dude is like, this dude was really famous though. Like in, especially in Marietta. And like, I feel like that kind of, do it though. yeah, I feel like that kind of reaction is, I feel like that's the way to do it. Like, yo man, big fan, you know? And like, have a good day <laughs> kind of thing. Like, <laughs> so I had a weird run in where I, 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 I ran into this uh, this like super famous hip hop dancer, but she's only 16, like she's mm -hmm. super young. But she was doing like a dance thing in North Park, and I was just walking to the bank and I saw her. But I was like, I have a, two nieces who are like really, really heavily into dance. So I was like, I have to get a picture with this girl and send it to her. And while I was doing it, I was like, this is really weird. Like I'm taking a picture with like this 16 year old girl, but she was so nice and she was like so accommodating. And I was like, thank you so much. I'm like, I'm not going to post it on my Instagram or anything. I'm, I just wanted to send it to my nieces because they're big fans. And she's like, oh, that's great. But then I was like walking away and I was like, oh, that was very, very bizarre. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? To ask like a 16 year old kid, hey, can I take a picture with you? Like I'm a <laughs> so dumb. Fan, yeah. You know? I, yeah I, I feel so, I just can't do it. Like, like granted, I did take a picture with Ari Honig, but I wanted to, post it you know um but and it was like i don't know why like i'm just not that guy like i feel like i don't i don't try to say that like hey we're famous or whatever like but i do try to put myself on that level like we're in the entertainment world you know we're we're professional drummers we have a podcast we interview a lot of these guys and i have to like i had to start putting it aside dude because i get really nervous interviewing a lot of these guys man like a lot of these, a lot of our guests that we have on, I'm fans of. And so I've had to kind of push that aside and be like, dude, they agreed to come on here and chat with us on our show. So our show might not be the biggest show out there, but if they're agreeing to come on, then at least I can use that platform to be like, dude, I think you're great. And a lot of our listeners think you're great. And like, you know, what's going on? How are you? You know, and that's it. Like, let's treat them as people. Let's not be like, I mean, I do, I do try to, I do go a little bit overboard and that's on purpose on like, like fanboying on the show sometimes like, man, you're such a great drummer. You're so this, you're so that blah, 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 blah. But at the same time, it's like, I kind of have to put things into perspective as like, especially in our world, like the drummer world that like, we're just drummers, you know, and you're famous in our circle, but Outside of that, I don't think very many people know who you are. You have a lot of accomplishments in your craft. That's a good thing. I want to associate with people like that, you know? Um, yeah. You, you associate with people that you want to, like, if you, if they're successful in your field, then you associate with people that are successful in your field, and that helps you to be successful in your field, you know? And so um, that's also, though, why I like to have a variety of people on, not just drummers. Like, we have Sergio on a lot. 
and you know he's he's a pretty successful artist like a painter and and he's a musician but he's not a drummer he's like a guitar player and a singer and a songwriter and and then first and first in uh an artist like a really good artist or like um what's her name the the tap dancer Sarah, um, I was Sarah. you guys hit her up. Yeah, Sarah, yeah, yeah like... Sarah. Yeah, she was dope, man. She was she was cool, and um, you know, different different perspective, but very successful in her field, you know. And so that was that was one that I was nervous about because I'm like, why would she want to come on a drum show? <laughs> you know, like even though we 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 talk about drums, but it's not like a drum technical show. It's just like a morning show. But it ended up being a good interview, you know, and and I had to like kind of push it aside and be like look this is our this is our show if she's agreeing to come on then it's it's kind of our rules you know like i don't know if that makes sense so but. yeah i did one of her tap workshops like maybe a couple weeks before that so that's why i was like you guys should hit her up because I, I i hung with her for like four days and i was like dude she doesn't play drums well, she probably does but i was like she does she's one of she us does. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was like, she's one of us. I'm like, I, I hang out with her. I was like, dude, she's so rad, dude. Like, yeah. and her vibe and presence is so, like, inspiring. And like, I was like, yeah. dude, she has to go on the show, dude. It'll be so fun. She's cool. She was. She's that definitely came across. But man, she's a strong woman, man. Like, she's got a big personality. Like a strong. She's she's like the alpha in the room. You know, <laughs> yeah, she's uh, like a dynamite man. She's yeah, a, you know, she's a firecracker. Yeah, and she's not, she's not afraid to like put that out there like that. You know, like I'm the boss here. You know, and um, that's cool. But it was that was a different interview for us. But yeah, yeah. Um, all right, let's um. Okay, we got a couple things. I got another soapbox. I don't need to get on that right now. Um, but let's do. Uh, you guys want to jump on video of the week? Yeah. Yes. Yo, Funky Phil. Yo, Corey. We have some great listeners, don't we? Yeah. You know how they can be even more like dope than they already are? Keep listening. Definitely true. What else? Tell all your friends. Also very true. What else? Join the Patreon. All good things. But you know, the biggest thing that they can do is go to drumbrigade.com and check out the merch store. Yes. We have so much like dope swag up there. We got men's shirts, sweatshirts. We got women's shirts. We got kids' shirts. Yes, onesies. We got socks, mugs, phone cases, stickers. We got it all. All in different sizes, all in different colors, just for you. So if you want to show the world that you are a drummer with style and you're part of the Brotherhood of Drums, go to drumbrigade.com, visit our merch store. Oh, yeah. The Drum Brigade Podcast is brought to you by Revolution Drum. Right, Funky Phil? Yes. Yeah. Yes. True Tones, which are premium drum dampers, Firefly drum key, T-locks, solid brass cymbal fasteners, all kinds of different things. They got a, a collaboration with Big Fat Snare Drum called The Butter Cake. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Beefy. Yes. Revolution makes forward-thinking drum products with uncompromised quality and innovation. If you guys type in the code DRUMBRIGADE15 at checkout when you visit RevoDrum, R-E-V-O-D-R-U-M.com, you can save yourself 15% on any of those products. Yes. Use the code DRUMBRIGADE15 at checkout, RevoDrum. 
Drum Brigade Podcast. Drum Brigade Podcast coming at you. Uh, we're bringing it back, ladies and gentlemen. It's the video of the week. We haven't done it in so long. Did we have a song, like a theme song for this? I don't remember. Maybe that was Drum Games. I can't remember. It's been so long since we've done this, but we're going to try it. This is our first time. So our first video is Looking Glass by Alan Holdsworth, but it's Evan Marion and Dana Hawkins. I, I interviewed Dana Hawkins at NAMM show and told him how incredible this video was and how incredible his drumming was on this. And he was just like, oh, thank you, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> I, was like, I was like all right yeah, man all right so we're gonna watch it like gonna... Phil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we're gonna watch this and we're gonna analyze and talk about it and then we're gonna watch another one there's two videos for the videos of the week phil hit it all right here we go Dana Hawkins, he always looks like he's just like not trying at all, and he's just like playing the most fireistic, like, if that's a word, stuff well, ever. The sense, of phrase, the sense of phrasing is like insane. Like I, I want to know what's going through his head right now. You know, I gotta figure out that like triplet fill, whatever that thing was, was dope, dude. This makes me want to mess with how I set my toms up. Yeah. <laughs> He's just as great at low volume as he is when he's when he's throwing too. Right. Touch. You know what's crazy is he could jump on bass and be just as dope as he is on drums. Yeah, I've seen that video. It's kind of it's kind of crazy. 
I saw Evan Marion play with um, with Alan Holdsworth in San Diego. Oh wow! Like right before Alan Holdsworth died. I think the next week Alan Holdsworth died. I like his simple sound. Ideas come from, dude. Come on. What does this hat say? I don't know, but I like that hat. Yeah. Ooh, come on. How much do you think of his playing is influenced by him being a bass player? You know what I mean? Like the way he approaches drums. That was amazing. Damn. <laughs> he, he does these things when he makes like these like these facial expressions. Like I don't know if I'm gonna pull this off, but he always yeah, does. He always does. And yeah. It's, it's just so incredible. Like he doesn't approach drums like your average drummer or like any drummer I know. You know what I mean? Like, dude. Okay. It it starts for me. That video starts with the the lighting and like just those two as characters. Like like Dana wearing that hat is like, it's, it's just everything about it. I love his setup, his setup of like, so out of, like, I always wonder why a lot of what I play sounds too old, like outdated. But then I look at my drums and I'm like, I'm set up exactly like I was like in 19, like 95, you know, like I have the same setup. Like it's just high Tom, middle Tom, low Tom symbol set up the same way. Classic. Yeah, and so I think a lot of the reason why a lot of these guys... I mean, obviously, may, I can't say that for sure, but he's, his setup is so out of the box. like, And then it forces creativity and forces, like... It's just, he's, but, I mean, I think it starts with him being an incredible drummer. That dude is unreal. Yeah, he just what straight he, killed that he song, like dude. He had, like, a left-side floor tom. And like, rack tom. He had, like, a a rack that was maybe a 12 or something, and then the next Tom was in a weird spot and it was like smaller than his first rack. And then he had another floor Tom. How do you like go, how do you go into the studio and be like, I'm gonna try something different. No like crash next to my hi-hat. I'm just going to have a stack like in the middle and then I'm going to have like a, a ride and a crash on the, on the right side. And like, forget the traditional Tom set. I'm gonna have like a Tom set up on my left, a Tom set up on my right. 
just like what like like he just I, like I think, I think he responds i think he's just responding to them you know what i mean like i i heard people say that sometimes you play better when you have like a hurdle to get over mm. and so like i think he just sets things up he's like this will be fun today you know what i mean yeah um, i totally bit from him and mark juliana like in the last like maybe year or two years, year and a half I've been playing, I don't use the crash symbol on my left side anymore. I just have ride symbol and crash on my right. And it's oh. because of Dana Hawkins and Mark Juliana. And Crazy. I um one thing if one thing it just makes it easier. I have to bring as a symbol arm. So my, my hardware bag is lighter, but I just like it because like to be honest, crashing I the only reason why I'd have a crash on my hi hat side is to crash with my left hand. And I just do it like this now. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, it's kind of cool though, because it also makes you more intentional with when you want to hit your symbols and like the less symbols you play, probably the better it, those things bleed and just eat frequency. And I think, um, like making it harder for you to access your symbols is awesome. I, yeah. I put my ride symbol higher now too. Like, dude, like I, I, it's fun to do that, dude. Like in your free time, you should set your kid up like the polar opposite of the way you would normally do it and do it'll pull like cool things out of you. I feel like, I mean, I, I mean I, it happens for me. I need to do that. I, I literally have had the same setup for years and years and years. Like, you know, and I, 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 I was thinking about setting up a B set. Like I have my main set, my main kit set up here. And then I was thinking next to it, I have some room to set up a B kit and use like different sounds use get like just get out of the box with it like different um but by the way about that i put those um the uh those uh, those new aquarian heads on my little 18 inch kick uh the modern vintage and the deep vintage on there amazing that little 18 inch kick sounds like a 24 inch kick nice like if you tune it up right and you can tune it all high and then it sounds like a, a um uh jazz kit but yeah so i'm i'm thinking about doing that and micing it up and doing a video with with that setup and see how it sounds it sounds it's it's definitely like feels cool so i gotta i gotta do that anyways sidetrack um <laughs> do you have a, do you have an 18 phil no i've just got 20s you should get an 18 dude the best bass drum dude yeah. <laughs> Once you get one, you'll you'll that's all you'll play, dude. I have three eighteens. I love them, dude. Eighteen inch pickups <laughs> are amazing. Uh, <laughs> um, I wanted to cut that one, the one that I have. I wanted to cut it down to like like twelve by eighteen, so it's like a little pancake. Ooh. I don't know. I might still do it, but yeah, I used to have uh, a sixteen inch bass drum that I liked a lot, but yeah, never. Those used modern it vintage anymore. heads are amazing, dude. They're they're yeah. amazing. It's a great. It Aquarian sounds really, so boomy. Yeah, they're so good, dude. I think that's like the best thing they make. Aquarian killed it when they came up with the the, the vintage. Yeah, the modern vintage. Yeah. Um. All right. Well. Anyways, Dana Hawkins and um and Evan Marion killed that. You can actually listen to that too, audio only on Spotify. Um. It's it is a um a a YouTube video, but that's actually like they were, they were recording that as an album. So that whole production is amazing, but dude, I've been getting into lighting and proper cameras and how to set up my camera and not just on audio to do some videos, um, properly. And, um, so like my next video is going to be done trying to do it a little bit more proper, but looking at that video now, 
from that perspective, the way the lighting was, I mean, they actually obviously had like a full production behind them, but the lighting on them was really, really cool. And it, it makes it more dramatic, but like their, their playing is that Phil dude. It's like a, it's like a Swiss triplet, like done in like 16 note triplets or something with like my favorite. Um, it's like that mixed with, my favorite Jeff um, Percaro Phil, the you know that like snare rack floor kick kick snare rack floor kick kick wait snare rack floor floor kick kick snare rack floor floor kick kick snare rack yeah six um so it's done as like sixteen note triplets that's like my favorite Percaro Phil but it feels like he's doing something like that with a Swiss triplet in there you know what I'm talking about you know what part I'm talking about yeah that was like it was. Towards like the beginning, like yeah, yeah. yeah it's Dude, the, I, I'm a I'm a huge fan of Evan. Uh, I mean of uh, Dana Hawkins. But, like I I love that guy's playing. One thing I've I've noticed um, that I saw but I didn't realize that I actually like digested and ingested was you guys notice how far back on the stick he holds. Like if this is like a stick, there's like no stick coming out of oh, the yeah. bottom of his hand. The stick is like the fulcrum is way low. But yet he plays with like a really, really light touch, you know, especially yeah. on a ride cymbal. Been noticing um, that I, I started doing that. I thought it was because I changed sticks, but I now watching that, I was like, "No, dude, you're just a biter, dude. You just see things and take it." <laughs> <laughs> I like, I like that. I didn't even notice that, but I just, I, I've always loved the way he plays, man. His, his, his touch is just so nice, and he's so, he's so confident. He looks like his face looks like. He doesn't care if he makes it or not. He's still going to own it, and he does, like you said. Yeah. You know, it's so confident. It's it's cool. He has like he has a fa- face, man. Like where he's like he looks like a dad that's like sitting in a rocking chair, just judging <laughs> you. Like when he's playing when he's playing drums, he just looks like he's judging everybody. <laughs> you totally know, you does. know, too, his torso doesn't move. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if you look at the his lower back and the stool, it doesn't move. Like he's so anchored. Yeah. I want to be that guy so bad. Dude, he was so nice, man. He was so nice. He was definitely like you can tell he's um he's very popular, but he was really humble and really nice when if you guys go back and listen to the Nam show episode, I interviewed him on um I, I think I, I don't know if it made it to the video, but I I I definitely he's on he's one of the people I interviewed. And he was so, I just cat, like grabbed him when he's walking by like really fast. And he was just like, yeah, man. Okay, cool. And he, he was super mellow, like super mellow, just like he plays super confident, but like very appreciative of like how popular he's become. And, and, um, he's tell, talking about how he's recording a lot of bass these days and nice guy, man. Really cool. And an incredibly great drummer as you guys scary drummer. So scary, dude. Yeah. Like sky's the limits with his playing. You know what I mean? Like he can do anything. Um, so this next one isn't as serious, but this is what we used to do. <laughs> we used to, we used to drop, like, I used to not tell Phil what videos we were watching. And then I would just drop a video on him. That's how we ended up with the Jeff Endike videos yeah. is like, he was starting, he would be watching it, like expecting the best drum video ever. And then I just started dropping videos on him. He's like, what the heck is this? So this one, I'm not going to explain too much, but this one, every time I see it, has me dying laughing. Let me just say this, dude. If Romeo DePocket was ever in a band, this is his band. And I think this is the attitude of Romeo. Like, 
This might be his cousin, Dennis Edwards, featuring Seda Garrett. Don't look any further. Official video. Here we go. All right, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Already, dude. (laughs) Chewing gum. Oh, my God. Chewing gum. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Dude, red gloves. (laughs) Look at that girl, dude. Yes. Oh my gosh, you want to talk about confidence? <laughs> oh my god. Yes! This is so bad. This whole video takes place in front of a green screen. Yes. Oh. This, was hot. this was hot at that time. Oh my god. What is that background? It's just like Los Angeles or something at night? That is success, Phil. That background is success. <laughs> he would call it success, okay? <laughs> oh, she sings. This is what Romeo needs, though. What is that bass line? The, in the eighth section. That's what, that's like a... Right here. Oh, 
Yeah, they aced it. First try. First try, dude. <laughs> yeah, one take. One dude, take. Go, go back through. to the beginning, Phil. Play the beginning again. Oh, this part? <laughs> that, that is the best. That is the best, dude. He's chewing gum. <laughs> Watch the wink. Close up on his face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> This is the only other time, scene dude. in the video. Zooming the wink, in on dude, a this... mildly crowded street. <laughs> out, way out of focus. There he is again. Serious as... Okay, I gotta stop it. I'm trying to make this like a video. You know, there were different, different textures, and then, for the, then they got lazy. Like, as soon as yeah. they started singing, it was just like, they just let the camera roll. <laughs> oh you know what I was thinking is they were like, here's, here's, hear me out. Close up on your face, confident. You're just staring. You're just looking love in the eyes. Okay, <laughs> you're just you're dressed in tuxedo, and then we have I I don't know if I think it's Sadat Seda come in with her red gloves, feeling you up, and like that's as far as they got, and then just lip sync lip sync the the whole rest of the song. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, <laughs> yes, so good. Well, I love that no one told that. him to spit out his gum. You know that he had some bad breath from like you know whatever, the, whatever he was doing before this. No one told him to spit out the gum. <laughs> went went for it, full on. Got close and personal with Seda. <laughs> Dennis, how Edwards, did you find dude. this? What did what did you search? You're just like. Did you search Romeo the pocket? (laughs) (laughs) I heard that Romeo played with him in the eighties and like he models a lot of his confidence off of him, but I don't know how I found this. I just, maybe Romeo told me to just watch this. I don't know. (laughs) Oh, 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 I just, I just realized where that baseline's from. It's from that, uh, thinking from a master plan. Oh, thinking of a master plan. That rap song, that hip hop song. Yeah. The, it's the same Look one. They, face, but it sounded dude. like. Did they sample that for real? <laughs> I I don't know. That's probably just like some standard baseline or something. I mean, because like that hip hop song sampled it from somewhere. Maybe they sampled it from him. Yeah. Maybe he's. The I don't OG. know. I don't remember how I found this video, but it is gold. There how needs many to views be. Does it have? Oh. Let me Who knows? Unzoom this is here. they don't make videos like this anymore, man. Eighteen million. Yeah, see, <laughs> see, dude. Eighteen oh and a half million views. If there was ever a thing that Romeo that should aspire to be, that is Romeo. That is him chewing gum, smile, winking at the camera. You can't ever see him because he's always wearing, wearing. Um, <laughs> comment. Comment. Go back down. Go back up, Phil. Here during COVID nineteen, <laughs> dude, two hundred fifty six <laughs> likes. Oh my god! On that comment, that's insane, <laughs> dude. <laughs> that's the best oh video god. in the world, dude. That's Pretty the best impressive, video. man. Don't look any further. <laughs> just, oh, dude, just the top. Just the very first opening scene, him <laughs> deadpan into the screen, dude, chewing gum. And then he's like, like gets me every time, dude. Every time. 
Everything about it is just gold. Oh, that was great. That it's if fire, you dude. think if you think my dad was not that guy in like <laughs> 1988, <laughs> and my father-in-law is still not that guy right now, same hair and everything, <laughs> dude. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I used to go to gigs with my dad and. Him and his partner would be dressed in that same tuxedo. My dad wasn't like that though, like not like super confident and cocky, like. But that, like, we have a friend, dude, like James Ingram's brother, who straight sings like that, like till his day. He's like the dopest singer I'd, I've ever seen ever in my life. But he's, it's that there's stuck in that dude, stuck in that that era, that Al Jarreau. Freaking uh, uh, Bobby McFerrin era. My dad never you know, sang that though. My dad was really like a real jazz singer. <laughs> I, I love Al Jarreau, dude. Al Jarreau always looks like he does not. He does not care. Like I've seen him play like the biggest jazz festival, and he's wearing the weirdest thing I've ever seen. I saw him play like <laughs> uh, like at a jazz festival, and he was literally wearing like like workout sweats. What? Like the, the the top was like cut off where you could like see his belly, and I was like. <laughs> I was like, what? Like, why? Yeah. Like, why is this happening? Like, it takes confidence, dude. I care so much about what I look like behind the drums. Nobody could even see me. And then you got guys like that or like Thundercat, who's just like so famous and like he wears literally, he's punking everybody. Yeah. Dude, uh, I, I'm not going to, I've sworn I'm not touching my hair throughout this whole like, quarantine thing i haven't had a haircut in like literally because i hadn't cut it before we had it we're on lockdown so i haven't had a haircut in like eight weeks dude that's nothing you didn't get a haircut for like 18 years i know but i had dreadlocks but like my hair it looks bad dude it looks bad and like and all we're doing is like facetiming and zooming everyone and so like like everyone's like yo and i'm like i know i know i look i say go for it I say go for yeah. it, dude. You had like, <laughs> dude, you literally had dreadlocks to the floor, like dragging on the floor. <laughs> oh, that, that's that's easier to pull off than like than bedhead, dude. Yeah, you just look terrible. I think these days it's it's cool. Like I've I try to cut my own hair and it didn't it didn't come out right, but it it worked for Zoom calls and stuff. It was like, hey, nice haircut. And I'm like, you should see it in person. Like the back. <laughs> The back was jacked up, dude. It was jacked up. And my wife is like, oh, you cut your hair. And she's like, yeah, it's, it looks okay. She's like, I might have to help you next time. I'm like, all right. <laughs> um, wow. All right. So anyways, that's that's um, whatever that guy's name was. <laughs> Edward something. <laughs> and Sadaya. Don't look any further. Official video. If you guys like, I know there's latency stuff and all that stuff, but you guys have to go watch that. It's gold. If you're listening to this, first of all, okay, we're going to post this video on Instagram so that you can see it, um, <clears throat> which might be difficult because I think we need the audio from you, Phil, because every time, if I, if I take the audio from what I'm recording on my screen, the volume of the video lowers and then raises up anytime anybody talks, mm. but then there's a latency issue. So we're, it's going to be difficult, but we'll we'll see how we can make it work. Um, or uh, yeah, maybe next time we do it, Phil, you record your screen. You record you record the audio. I mean, you record the audio and the video from Zoom, and that then it'll match up a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Or or, or just put the track in underneath it. You know what I mean, like a drum cover. 
Yeah, we could do that. It's just like, it's everybody's coming in at different time. Oh yeah. I guess I could do that. Yeah. That would be better. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so, um, yeah. Uh, let's transition into something else. Drum Brigade Podcast, episode 79. Ari Hone coming up very shortly here. Uh, man, oh man, getting down to the wire. What are we? So, we're only going to have a few minutes with him. So, like, actually, let me check um, how many listener questions we got now. Some of these got, some of these are, are a bit weird. Um, how, like how to begin and domain irregular metrics or groups. That doesn't make sense, right? Begin uh, and how domain. How many of those listener questions are from Matt Smith? Dude. Um, <laughs> can you recommend some metronome exercises to improve time off the kit? Okay. That's legit. What's a professional drummer today? That's a really loaded question. What's the most important thing when you are a company? <laughs> uh, I, th- I thought of a question. The one question I thought of that I thought would be cool is like, you know, like when you, um, I'm sure you had a normal start as like normal drums, like normal drummer, right? Like playing rock or whatever. Yeah. Like when did the, like his switch get flipped where he was like, I am going to pursue this like very specific like genre or like, you know what I mean? He's a jazz yeah. drummer. You right. Know what I mean, so like, when did he figure it out? Like, or how did he figure out? Like, this is my calling or like, that's where that's the road he wanted to go down. You know? And but like that's more a loaded question that could take forever. Yeah. And like more specifically, when did he start going, you know, I can play like melodies and I can start playing pitch stuff on my toms and my drum and my snare. And like, I can actually literally play this melody of, whatever on on his drums you know when did yeah, he start he's, using his really drums? really good at that yeah and then and also how did he like develop that because like i've tried that on a few things but i'm like does I, I think the first thing i'm gonna ask him is like do you have perfect pitch you know because he's able to create perfectly in the key that they're playing the song in most of the time like the, the actual melody on the drums in his solos. It's amazing. When I saw him in, in at Smalls, he did one of the most beautiful solos I've ever heard. Um, and he started the whole, they played the ballad and I cannot remember which song it was, but he played the whole melody on his drums. And it was just like, I, I mean, it was the touch and everything was like so there and so nice. It just felt so good and like sounded so good. And it was dope, man. Have you guys uh, ever seen the YouTube video where he plays like Funky Pocket? Just it's no. really quick. It's only like a couple minutes. I'll send it to you later. It's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, it's amazing. His um I watched a video r- last night where he was people were asking him about um playing fives, like playing in five. So like um septuplets. Is that right? Am I right? Septuplets. Quintuplets. 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 Gosh. Septuplets is 7. Groups of seven, right? Yeah. Okay. So what is, what is it? Quintuplets. He was playing quintuplets. They're asking him how he practices quintuplets. 
And sometimes on this show, I sound like the dumbest fool ever. It's because it's the morning. And so sometimes I do know, sometimes, very, very far and few between, but sometimes I do know what I'm talking about. Okay, moving on. Um, <clears throat> um, what I'm saying is he played, so he's like, so here's what I like to do. I like to play five over four. So I'll play four with my my ride. And then I'll play, you know, the like, um, like basically the spangling or whatever on his ride. And then he'll play the hi-hat, the standard hi-hat pattern. I'm like one, two, three, four, like two and four. Um, so he started playing quarter notes on his ride. And then he started playing like s- slow groups of four, like five on his left hand. And, um, and it was like, while he was keeping quarter notes, I was like, dude, that's hard. Then he played it like double time groups of five. So like da, 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 whatever on his left hand, but then he's like, but then you can take it up a notch and like you can you can start playing like rudiments or like you could play different patterns. <clears throat> they start playing like singles, doubles, and paradiddles while he's keeping spangling on his ride. He's playing singles, paradiddles, and doubles between his left hand and his kick, but he was doing that in groups of five. <clears throat> if I mean. Uh- yeah, that's that's bonkers. So he's playing a paradiddle pattern in five while he's playing in four with his hand, like his right hand and his left foot. So he's doing paradiddles in quintu- as quintuplets. So he's yes. Doing, oh my god! Between left hand and right foot. That's just insane. And then and then he's yeah. like, and he's like, all right, so like, yeah, have fun with that, and just like you know, keep practicing that, and then just like hits the camera off. <laughs> a video where he modulates uh, the head of Bessie's Blues through like these different modulations. Like he plays the head on the drum, like the melody, like the rhythm, and he modulates it. And it gets so crazy complicated that while I was watching, I was like, I don't even know if this is correct or not. I would never I be able to know. You know what I mean? Like I just, yeah, it's above my head. But I, I start thinking like, I mean, when you hear him play, that's why he sounds like the way he does. Like he's, Cause when I, when I hear him, him play, like first, there's a couple things that I notice about Ari Honig. One, he doesn't play jazz. Like a lot of dudes play jazz. Like he's not like tap, 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 you know what I mean? He's like very pronounced and like, he actually kind of plays hard. I like, I sat next to his drums at smalls and watched him play. And it was like, you can feel his kick drum. You can feel his snare like in your chest as if you were hearing like a rock dude, you know, maybe not that hard but it's very pronounced, but it's very like, it's very um, intricate and obviously it's very controlled. Um, But you hear like the complexity and it's like, well, that's why, because he's able to do, he's like literally gone through every exercise on like comping, you know, like he's, like when you watch his lessons on YouTube, it's like, oh, well, here's like this book and you can like try comping with, you know, this this page, between your kick and your and your snare and like he'll literally do that in all these different like I don't know what I'm trying to say but you know what I mean like he'll do it in different times he'll do it as in, in different subdivisions he's all, also using different patterns and like but then he's keeping perfect time with his his swinging right right hand right okay um but like you hear what he's doing and you're like oh my gosh it's so complicated like what the heck that's why he sounds like that if that makes sense, you know, yeah. and that's why I don't sound like that. Cause when I want to play, when I want to, when I play jazz, I want to sound like him or I want to sound like, like 
Bill Stewart or like, I don't know, like, you know, a lot of these guys that are just really creative and complicated in their playing, they make it sound so simple and yeah. I can't do it. I, it's I weird guess that's what I'm trying how to much, say. How much of that stuff I feel like is ear training. It's like rhythmic yeah. ear training is being able to hear polyrhythms and feel them and really like being able to internalize it. It's, it's beyond me- like just the, me- I mean, just being able to do it mechanically, being able to do all that stuff at the same time is, is one hurdle, but being able to feel it and with confidence and put it in a musical context is like a whole nother level. It's like, it's so much, it's such a deep rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. I, I also think the, uh, the caliber of musicians that he plays with um, also contributes to that because like, you can't do that stuff unless everybody you're playing with is on the same page as you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, it's really important that the people he's playing with are, they know what's going on. They, they're just as, they're just as on it as he is. You know what I mean? Which yeah. makes it so that you can do those things in those situations. They still are musical. And when everyone is on that page, like the listeners, it's like, what is happening right yeah. now? Like what? Have you, Beautiful. have you ever, have you, have you seen him play live? Uh, I don't think I have actually, I uh, think I might've, but I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I'm a huge fan. Like I've, I've, cons- I've, you know, I, I watch so much of his stuff like online. Sometimes I forget who I've seen live. Yeah. You know, like he's, um, one of the things is, uh, I like when I was in New York last, when I, I keep talking about this trip, I mean, I went, I went to smalls to watch him and, um, I, I, I went to smalls like three, three times. I think when I was there, just because I love, that's like my go-to spot in in New York that, or like the fat cat, I think it's called, um, either like they're right around the corner from each other. And I love hitting up jazz clubs when I, whenever I travel, but especially in New York, cause it doesn't get much doper than that. But anyways, um, so I went there during the day to like, make sure I can buy a ticket so I can get in there early. And like, so I went to smalls, walked in the door, the owner was there like, what? We're not open. I'm like, hey, I was just wondering if I could buy a ticket for tonight. I go, do you think it'll sell out? And he's like, it sells out every Monday that Ari plays. I'm like, okay, can I get a ticket now? And he's like, yeah. He's like, you ever seen him before? And I'm like, no. I'm like, I'm here from California and I, I was here the other night, but I wanted to come and specifically see Ari Honig. And he's like, yeah, it's probably the most unique show that we have in here. Um, it's not a jam. You know, it's, it's his thing. It's his band. It's his show, but he requires a lot of his musicians. And he's like, but it creates the most unique show that we have in here because they take it to places that like not a lot of people can take it. But he's like, he forces them to kind of, he pushes the boundaries and like forces them to be on their toes and takes it there. That's the requirement to play this gig with him. And, um, you know, I don't know if I'm like stating it correctly. You know, he'd probably say it different, but that came across when I was there because they will play like a standard, but they'll do it in all these different ways that it's just, and they're so connected, man. It's like, they're so connected. That's it. That's, you know, even in the solo sections and stuff, it's like, it's so on point. It's crazy. It's so, it's so great. He's such a great drummer, man. Yeah. You know, yeah, have you guys ever gigged with Ben Wanaker? Shout out Ben Wanaker in in San Diego. No, <laughs> they went they went to William Patterson together, so like they're they're buddies. So he always tells me stories, and I'm just like, whoa, yeah, like wow, you know, that's cool. Um, I think that you know, there's a lot of great drummers out there these days. Um, a lot, but I feel like 
he's what I like about him is he's very authentic and like I mean he's a true New Yorker. He stays he stay he's still playing like Smalls where he could he could take he's he's one of the guys that can take his I mean he he has but he could take his thing to like and become you know bigger than you know life or bigger than our industry you know what i mean like an actual drum celebrity he is already but but you can go and see him in a very very tiny teeny tiny new york club is what i'm saying like during the week or you can like take lessons from him you know um yeah and so i think that that's really cool but i feel like him there's a few out there but um like him uh, obviously um uh um like him, in my opinion, Bill Stewart. Um, what's his name? Gosh, dude, I cannot think today. Um, who's the other, the greatest jazz drummer of our time? Brian Blade. Brian, Brian Blade. Blade. Brian Blade. Him. I always love Bill Stewart. Maybe a few others out there are like the our generations. Freaking Tony Williams and, um, you know, uh, I don't know. Like the just the greatest jazz dudes of our generation. I think. Um, and so I, I feel like, I feel like Ari Honig has, has done something so different though. Like his, his creativity and the boundaries that he pushes with jazz music, um, these days, but while still keeping it authentic is something that like, you can't say that about a lot of people pushing boundaries. What he does melodically on the drums is I've never heard anybody do it as well as that, you know? What's his name? Um, Terry Bozio is doing it in a different way, but like Ari Honig playing, playing melodies on a four piece kit and making it sound the way that he does is I've never seen anybody do that on the drums. Yeah. He's got crazy good ears. Just bending the, bending the pitch of the head with his like elbow and stuff. To yeah. Get the notes. It's, and to get him it's, like dead on. That's crazy. When you see that <laughs> live, dude, it is spot on like it is so crazy and but the thing that i noticed too is like everybody knows ari honig as that as like oh yeah the, the dude that plays melodies and plays different pitch you know on on his drums but when you really break it down it's not just the pitch it's like the touch and the feel and like the feel of the note is there it's not just like, oh yeah, he's got the right pitch. It's like he plays the music. It's musical. It's it's the touch, the like, the way the note sustains. He's paying attention to all of that, and it, it sounds incredible live. It's it, it's amazing, dude. I I've I videoed um some of his like the solo that he did, and I was just like, oh my gosh, dude. So I I wish I could find that. I'll probably post it. Um, uh, maybe I'll post it when I post a clip of him chatting with us um i'll post it on the second video when we post on 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 instagram um so yeah um all right cool let's uh let's let's break and let's get ari honig on yes gentlemen we are so honored we're so we're just so happy. <laughs> I'm hanging out with the Drum Brigade today for a few minutes. We got Ari Honig on the line. I don't even need to give a, a like a man. He's done this. He's done that. He's just one of the like dopest drummers in the world. He's here. Please welcome Ari Honig on the show. Yeah. 
Hey. <laughs> yes. All right, man. Thank you so much for coming on, man. We're so yeah, my happy. pleasure. Yeah, no problem. My pleasure. Cool. I, I actually met you um, maybe like a year, maybe two years ago. I went to Smalls, watched you play. Mm. I I admit I was I fanboyed a little bit. I was like, hey man, can I just get a picture? And I didn't like want to bother you. <laughs> and I almost asked you for an interview right there, but I was like, he just got done with his set. And so let me just say hello and get a picture. And then I was on vacation out there visiting some family. So cool. but yeah, it was amazing, man. Amazing, amazing show. We always love watching you play and we've been watching oh, videos man. and it's really cool. So thanks a lot. I appreciate um, that. How's this uh, quarantine thing treating you now? You are you are you focusing on teaching or like yeah? Clinics so or... well, you see here, I'm I'm in my studio. It's my nice. piano. Um, I got a a couple of drum sets. Oh uh, yeah, here. that's one we see on YouTube all the time. Uh, right, right, and then a uh, bass even. Um, cool. Uh, I play was playing a little ukulele today. Nice. So this is this is a uh, you know when I'm working this is this is a uh, great you know to have this and then um you know here's like you got a little outside view of uh infestation land wow yeah. wow <laughs> that's pure new york right there yeah that's, that's, <laughs> that's it well you don't see anybody out there you know no um so uh yeah so but i you know i get a little light and stuff and um it's uh i would say that it's probably treating me uh maybe a little bit better than um you know average yeah. <laughs> but it's just a little rough too obviously. how are you how are you working right now are you just are you doing a lot more teaching or yeah so i'm i'm doing um a lot of patreon uh okay. which is kind of the the thing that i'm doing a lot um which is great because it's basically like a little on uh you know online drum club drum hang where i i post videos and you know comments and questions and uh and then i do like once a week um i'm gonna I've started, but I'm going to start regularly doing a once a week kind of like, um, you know, kind of like group, group classes, group lessons. Um, nice. But, uh, for, for Patreon members and also probably non as well. And, um, and then, I mean, you know, I just regular teaching online. I taught, I, I taught, um, taught three lessons today. So Ooh. that's actually, you know, pretty decent, yeah. uh, as far as like just a regular work day. So it's kind of getting, you know, it's getting not not back to normal but at least like my work is not like suffering you know as much as it, as it would be but obviously you know just like everybody no tours and right. um and all that but i i mean i am able to you know i'm doing some composing and i just bought a microphone so maybe i'm gonna start to you know do i because i'm not one of these like you know drum studio you know I, I i don't really do tracking or anything in my in my you know this is just live live stuff but but I got a mic, so I'll probably do, you know, do some, some, uh, what do they call it? Like some, some projects with people. That's cool. Yeah, it's cool. I like that you're, you're able to stay active too. And you kind of had that on lockdown before this all, this all hit us. But, um, you know, I think it's, it's cool. You're one step ahead and, and the, and the world still gets to hear you do what you do. You know, that's great. And learn from you. That's cool too. Yeah, I mean a lot of the education stuff. It's it's uh it's good. I I really enjoy it actually, and and um, you know I I would definitely you know always suggest recommend Patreon to anybody um, that's yeah. interested in kind of expand expanding their their uh, you know musical knowledge and and uh, exploring a little bit. Cool. Um, all right, before we get on listener questions, you guys got anything you wanna you wanna ask? I had a I had a question. Um, yeah, I was curious on. Um, I saw a video of you playing actual proof. 
And um, my question was like, how do you get into like, um, I don't know, like internalizing and analyzing a form like that? That's not like so musically intuitive so that when you play, you can play freely and openly. Man, I'll tell you what, I, when I played that that version that, that was on YouTube, like, I didn't really know that song. Um, I, I think that, was, you know, he just called that, and I was like, oh, I mean, I had checked, I had listened to the record before, but I never played it before. That was the first time I'd played it, and so I didn't, I really didn't know it. Um, it's, it's not, it's not actually that hard of a song. Um, you have to, you know, you have to, you have to figure out the form of the song. You, you gotta count, you gotta count through the form, you gotta figure out you know, because um, because the thing is, it's it's just a repeated form, just like a lot most jazz works that way. When they're you know, it's like a melody, and then it goes over a form, and then the there's improvisation over the same form, right? So you got to know how long each section is. Um, so definitely counting is in there, understanding and being able to hear all the hits, in which they're not that many, but there are a few, and um, and they come around, you know, every, you know, again and again. So. Um, I think the main thing is just pay attention, you know, pay yeah, attention and count. Uh, and you may have to put in a little time before you, when you're not playing. Cause like when you're playing, you may start thinking about other things that you, you know, you, you may want to learn the song before you act, you know, see that. Unfortunately for me, I didn't really do that. And, uh, you know, I mean, I went back and I heard it. It was like, you know, I I'm, I'm not, that's why I'm not like playing the, you know, otherwise I'd probably be saying playing the same beat, you know, similar beat than like Mike Clark was playing or, uh, or, you know, whoever's on there, but, uh, um, you know, which is amazing, but like, I didn't really get the opportunity to, to learn the song in that type of way, you know? Sure. Um, but anyway, yeah, pay attention, count, understand the form, know the form of the song, be able to sing the melody of the song. Yeah. Okay. I guess that, yeah. The melody is big. I mean, that's just like a very straight approach to it. I just wondered if people think about other things like, I don't know, to take liberties and then in the situation, if you get lost too, you know what I mean? Like, how do you recover from that? Like, um, it's, just, it's the same way that you recover in a conversation. So like, what if you're in a conversation and you forget what you're saying? Like you, you, you kind of might pause for a little bit. Like, what was I going to say? I was going to say something, but you know what? If you're talking to me, and you forget what you're going to say, you, you better believe I'm going to step in and rescue you. You know, I got you. Oh yeah. Or maybe I'm listening yeah. to you. And I'm like, Oh yeah, you were talking about this. And then that's going to, you're going to, then you're going to remember where you are. That's great. So that's, that's why I'm relying on the other musicians to keep me, uh, you know, to, to, if I get lost, I'm, I'm with them and they're, and they know that. So I trust them. They trust me. Man. Um, so that's what I'm listening for. I'm listening for them dictating the, the, the melody, dictating the harmony, um, anything that's going to clue me in as to where the song is. And most people, are gonna, they play a song like that, they're going to play pretty, the harmony pr- pretty close to the way that it's played. Yeah. So there's no real way to get lost unless you, unless you don't really know the song. Sure, sure. That's awesome. And, or, they're, or they're playing something that's so far outside the harmony, you know, that they're, which, believe me, can happen when you're playing with certain, you know, people that I'm playing with might just do, be doing that. Um, and that, you know, that could certainly happen. That's why, that's why you have to really know the song. But if they do and they notice that I'm lost, they're going to they're gonna lay it down. And if I notice they're lost, I'm going to lay it down for them too. That's cool. That's great. Thank you. Um, Funky Phil? Yeah, I'm sure you get this a lot. Um, but I'm, I'm curious about the melodic playing when, when you're actually playing like the head of a, of a tune on the drums. Like, are, do you just have like fantastic ears or 
Or do you have that was my pitch? question. Do you have perfect pitch <laughs> or do you like how, how <laughs> I have, um, what I would call very good relative pitch. Um, so, you know, if, if, um, yeah, I mean, I hear intervals very well. Uh, my, both my parents have perfect pitch, so I kind of have some, but perfect pitch and rel and relative pitch is actually relative pitch is better, is more important than perfect pitch. Relative pitch is not as, it's not perfect. It's not the same. Mm -hmm. Um, but perfect pitch in itself isn't really that useful, uh, musically speaking. It can be somewhat useful, but, um, not as useful as probably people think it is. Uh, but yeah, relative pitch is more useful. So like, I would be able to tell you what any note is, but I, but I would still be, have to relate that note to some, to a note that I know, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and that's what I call very good relative pitch. Perfect pitch is when you, there are different kinds of perfect pitch too. Like sometimes you, you know, like the, the like really pure perfect pitch, you don't have to think about it at all. You just can name any, you know, any, somebody could play a cluster of, you know, 80 notes and then they, you would just be able to say all of them. Um, anyway, uh, so no, I don't have perfect pitch, but I have good relative pitch. I have good ear, and you know I can. I I really grew up around classical music, about my parents playing music, and and you know that that's a part of what I what I hear. So I, I attribute it to that. Yeah. Um, when I saw you at Smalls, um, I was sitting right next to the drums, and and you you're doing that in a solo is one of the best solos I've heard ever in my life because you played the melody. You guys were playing a ballad. You played the melody of the ballad and you had the pitch correct, but it was also in the key of the song. <laughs> and then it was the, the touch and like the feel of the note was right too. It was like, mm. it wasn't just like the right pitch that it felt like the melody, like you were playing it on a piano or something, you know, and I just blew my mind. I was just, blown away it was amazing awesome i probably got a little lucky with that too <laughs> sometimes i'll do that and i won't really know you know like if i really know that i'm gonna play the a melody to a song um i'll tune the drums you know in a certain way hmm. uh to be able to fit that but like for ballads i w i really won't because first of all I, I probably yeah i mean i don't really plan to play it and also since it's so slow i can i have a lot more time to kind of like you know, figure out what the best way to get get certain pitches are. Yeah. But I, but mostly, I don't know how I'm going to play a melody in that case. Um, you know, it's it's amazing too. Like that moment when you're doing that. Um, the the whole. I mean, Smalls is a really small place. You know, everybody's tightly close in there watching you. And um, but at that moment, you could hear a pin drop in there. It was silent, and everybody was hanging on every note that you were playing. It just, that was another thing where I was just like, it was so moving. Like you could feel it, you know, it was just so great. And I, it's hard to capture that, especially in a solo. Everybody wants to go ham and show you their chops and to play a, a melodic, you know, it was just incredible. I've never heard anything like that. It was so great. Man, so thanks great. a lot. Appreciate yeah. that. Okay. So let's quickly rapid fire these listener questions yeah. and then we'll, we'll, we'll let you get back to it. So um, um, this one comes from... I don't even want to try to get these names. Let's just rapid fire these. And this one's kind of weird. I don't know if English is this guy's first language or maybe his, um, his autocorrect came into play here, but it says okay. how to begin and dom domain irregular metric or groups. <laughs> I don't know that. how to begin and maybe dominate irregular metric groups. 
Yeah, it's, I mean, I, you know, I get the idea. It's kind of kind of fairly clear. I, I mean, you know, all that really comes down to is uh, studying studying rhythm and understanding rhythm and, and how it works um, yeah. and how it sounds, you know, rhythmic language. Uh, um, I have a, a method that I've been using um, for myself and also for student, for teaching for about, probably been using it for about close to almost 20 years now. Um, it's called rhythm training. Uh, basically, it's a, it's a system that involves singing a melody and clapping various rhythms along with the melody. Cool. Um, and but you really have to you know understand where the rhythms fall uh, within the melody and and uh, you know people are at different levels, but um, on a high level it will do what this person is asking, uh, which is about you know higher groupings and understanding what they are. And at a more at a more basic level, it's it's going to be more about hearing the subdivision of the melody. And just in just hearing the subdivision strongly and evenly and improving somebody's time. Um, so uh, it's good for all of those things. But it's a, it's rhythm training, uh, not to be uh, confused with the birth control uh, method, because uh, <laughs> I, I wouldn't endorse that one. But, it doesn't um, work. <laughs> but they can't be the only ones. They can't patent the name rhythm training. So uh, <laughs> rhythm Rhythm training. It's my video. It's on uh, my music masterclass. Um, it's a. It's actually a three, three, three part video, uh, videos. And uh, you know, I recommend. This is where I always start with any student I have. If you if you're ever thinking about you know like taking a lesson with me uh, or anything like that, get this first. Work through it. Um, then come in with questions because this is what I'm going to do with you anyway. First, it'll just save you time. Um, yeah. And, uh, but that's, that's the way that I, that I do that. It's, it's a very organic way, hearing the melody and understanding how the rhythms fit with the melody. All right. Very cool. I just watched a video of you playing, um, set, uh, quintuplets with your left and kick playing paradiddle rhythm and, but, but playing four on your hands. Uh-huh. Oh my God. And then you're like, <laughs> all right, so have fun practicing that. And then you just click the video off. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Let me just get on that. <laughs> <laughs> amazing all right this one's coming from av meta can you recommend some metronome exercises to improve time off the kit um that's kind of similar but um yeah so uh man i mean i have all that stuff like th i have a like probably about a good series of that on, my, on patreon a lot of people ask that question actually um uh, a lot of different exercises to uh you know uh metronome exercises but i think you know in general what I would just say here is, um, you know, one thing is people, some people say you have to always practice with a metronome. Some people say, you know, practice with, a, I, I would just say practice with a metronome sometimes, um, not always, but when you do practice with a metronome, make sure that you're practicing time. Like that's the point of, of having a metronome. So that, so don't practice like, you know, being able to play court do something with coordination or try to play like as fast as possible. Don't put a metronome on and practice that. Put them on a metronome only when you're specifically really listening to the metronome as far as like most of your concentration is going toward where's the metronome and how am I in relation to where the metronome is? That's what you want to always be asking yourself. Um, of course, there's a lot of specific exercises that we can jump into, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to jump into all of those. If you want to see those, you know, th those are available. You can find them. Um, but, uh, but, but just know that, you know, me the metronome is on for a reason. It should be your, your kind of the height of your focus is, you know, the metronome. But again, 
you don't always want to practice with a metronome. Sometimes you might want to be working on something that you're not really ready to practice with a metronome yet because you don't have it down as, as much yet, you know? Uh, and then in which case, just turn the metronome off. Uh, don't have it on in the background. Yeah, I like that. Uh, Benjamin Nicholson, how do I learn standards? Oh, that's that's a that's a good one. Actually, uh, I I just released a, it's an older video from Patreon, but I just released it on YouTube. Um, it's just called uh, it's called How to Work with Songs. Um, go check it out. Uh, exactly that, you know. Um, but the the main thing that you want to do is really un- the, I say, you know, understand the melody. Well, what does that mean? You want to hear, you know. You want to hear the songs. You want to understand what the songs are. Um, how do you do that? Well, you want to find a few different versions of the song. You want to listen to them. You want to be able to sing them, right? You got to find the definitive version of the song. Well, what does that mean, the definitive version? Well, it could mean the the version that was, you know, recorded by the, the composer, or it could mean the version that made it famous. It's what's most likely is the definitive version is not necessarily, you know, by the composer of the song. It's just the the, the obvious you know, version that made the song famous. My favorite things, for example, you know, um, John Coltrane did not write that song, but that's the reason that anybody would play that song today is probably because of what John Coltrane did with it. Um, so, uh, then you want to understand the song rhythmically. So that means you have to understand the subdivision of the song is the subdivision of the song triplets. Is it eighth notes? Is it 16th notes? You need to be able to hear the subdivision within the song happening at the same time as the melody so that you can basically drop the melody into the subdivision to hear where it falls within the subdivision. That's how you can clearly understand what the melody is rhythmically. If you can't do that, you don't know the song. Mm. So like understanding what the song is to be, to, to have clarity, because you, you want to be able to not just know the song, but you want to be able to improvise with the song. You want to be able to put things around the song to hear other people improvise with the song, but always be, thinking in the song right and in order to do that you really have to hear the subdivision going by and how the song relates with that that's awesome i <laughs> like that's really great um okay so we're we're up against it but we have we have two more um yeah, one of them it. was one of them was kind of answered but we'll we'll ask it anyway so first this is uh felix leftwort it says um what is a professional drummer today that's kind of a loaded question i think but uh, I would be that? able to answer that. A professional drummer today is somebody who makes money playing drums today. That's what I think too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just by definition. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's obviously like pretty open-ended. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, but I don't want to... That's right. Yeah. I mean, I could put my, my stamp on it. Like a drummer should do this, a drummer should do that, you know, but that's all my stuff. I mean, you can go look at, you know, stuff that I think, but, um, but yeah, there's a lot of ways to be professional drummer today. Right. First, you have to be alive. That's a definitely a requirement. <laughs> yeah. That's a definitely that requirement. Yesterday. And you, and yeah, I mean, you can't be dead and you also can't be not yet born. <laughs> <laughs> Great answers. <laughs> Yeah, I think there's a lot of people have a lot of different opinions on it. But like, dude, if I was a lawnmower guy, a guy that mows lawns and I make money at it and am I a professional lawnmower, then yeah, I guess I am. So it's the same with playing drums. If you make money at it, then you're a professional drummer. Yeah, totally. 
Um, okay, last question. What is the most important thing when you are accompanying? He says accompany, but accompanying oh. other musicians. Um, yeah, I mean, so... You know, the the obvious thing to say is listening, right? So, like, that's the the, the obvious thing that's in probably ninety five percent of your already in your you know your heads, right? Oh, listening is important, but the, but it's easy to say that, right? It's easy to say, oh, listen, yeah, just listen. But what does that mean? So, like, thinking about what listening means kind of goes back to the last thing we were talking about, which is knowing the song. Yeah, um, listening really means you know to understand what the context is that somebody's you're you're accompanying someone, right? Somebody's playing a song. Somebody's improvising over a song, maybe, or they're just playing a song. But you want to have, you want to have that empathy, that understanding of what you know the person is playing. Listening is everything, you know, in this music. Listening is the absolutely most important thing um, that you can that you can do. Uh, if I if I'm playing the piano and I have a choice whether to play with a drummer who has you know lots of coordination and lots of chops and lots of rhythmic ability, or I could play with um, you know, somebody who's never played drums before but plays harmonica and knows the song that I'm playing, I'm going to choose the person who knows the song that I'm playing yeah. because they're going to actually be able to play something that's, rev- you know, relevant to what I'm playing. Um, that's that's where, it all, that's where it's all at, you know? So um, accompanying is just, is just being a good listener. And listening is not something... I used to think, you know, when people said, would say like, uh, you know, listen, listen hard or listen to what I'm playing or, you know, you have to be a good listener, you know, all those things. I used to think that, uh, that what that meant is that, um, somehow like, you know, somebody that wasn't listening was ignorant of like, or, or just, you know, didn't care or just cared too much about themselves and not about the, uh, but you know, it's not, it's not that at all. In fact, it can't be farther from that. Listening is not something that, you know, you do or don't do because you're ignorant. Listening is, is is like it's a skill that um that you need to learn just like any other skill and so if you're good at it you you have that understanding and you're a good listener but you can't just all of a sudden like think to yourself oh i should be listening and then you turn on something in your brain that that makes you listen i mean that's being aware is certainly part of it but there's an actual there's actual language in there that you need to either understand or don't understand. And that takes skill to learn that language. So, so yeah, being a good listener, you know, accompanying is, is listening. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's a conversation between musicians, right? If you're, if you're the guy that does all, if if you're the guy that does all the talking, but you don't ever listen to what somebody else has to say, it's never going to, it's not going to be a good conversation, (laughs) you know? Yeah. I would definitely, in an ideal world, accompanying is having a conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So that's very cool. So it sounds like all you guys listening, you need to go sign up for Ari's, um, Patreon. And you can get a lot of this information from there or watch some YouTube videos because it's all there. Yeah, we got about 90 videos on Patreon now. Wow. And, and it's it's uh, it's laid out in a, in a cool way. I release three every month. Um, and they're basically just like short, I would say anywhere between five and 15 minutes long. All They're always just about one subject. So mm-hmm. like, you know, and I answer questions too, but um, but it's just one subject. Sometimes it's about what I'm thinking about. Sometimes it's about, you know, sometimes it could be, you know, advanced level. Sometimes it'd be intermediate level, even, even, you know, uh, not, not a lot of beginner stuff, but, but intermediate, beginner, inter- intermediate sometimes. Um, but basically, yeah, it's like, there's just a lot of stuff, a lot of material there. 
I'm, I'm real proud of what I, what I put into it already. And, you know, I'm, I'm definitely proud of the, the people, you know, the members that I have um, that, uh, that are, you know, keeping it going. I, I think that's really great. And uh, especially now at a time like this, it's awesome. Um, so if people want to sure. get, if people want to get in touch with your um, Patreon or, or follow you or, or sign up for, to be a Patreon, how do they do that? Well, I mean, the, I mean, you know, I'm easy to contact Ari Honig. Uh, I'm on Instagram, on Facebook. Um, my website will point you to the right direction as well. But um, if you just want to do Patreon, it's patreon.com Ari Honig. Cool. Uh, I guess it's like slash. Just search for my name on yeah. Patreon. That's um, easy enough. Yeah. Uh, Ari, H-O-E-N-I-G. How do I spell my name? Again? Uh, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> very cool so yeah, yeah um if you guys want to do that you'll get a lot of obviously um really good information you'll improve you'll play exactly like ari honey and <laughs> <laughs> and uh it'll be really great do you do you happen to know this is a a funny question but do you know jeff endike being from new york you know i don't believe i i'm not sh- uh, hmm. I'm not sure. Okay. <laughs> have, you, have you heard the name? I feel like I have. Yeah. Okay. He's, he's, I don't know why we've taken a big liking to him. And, um, he's just, his YouTube videos are, they look like they're fake comedy videos. And I don't oh. mean any disrespect to him. He's a funny, funny, um, he's a, a, a drummer. He's a fellow drummer and no judgment, but we've taken a big liking to him because he's, he's so pure New Yorker. And like his videos are awesome. It's just funny. So just check it out. Okay, I just okay. I had to ask you that, being that you're you're in New York as well. But yeah. Anyways, I, um, I, man, I will look it up. So it's but it's funny, right? Oh, it's that- hilarious, hilarious. Pure okay, New okay. York Coke bottle glasses. Pure New York, and it's I N D Y K E. I think I N D Y K E. Yeah. Oh, I got it. <laughs> I, I, I'm always good for a good laugh, for sure. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, he, some another drummer was like, "Have you seen this?" And I and I was like, "This is not real." But he's great. I, I hate saying it because it sounds like I'm being mean to him, and I don't mean disrespect. But like, it's it's great. It's great. Um, Nothing all right. like comedy drum videos, right? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, man. So um, we're going to wrap it there. We're going to let you get back to your your day. Man, we cannot thank you enough for coming on with us and hanging out with yeah, us and, for sure. and giving us some of your time. We really appreciate it. Um, and like I said before, if you guys want some information, want all that stuff, please go check out arihonig.com. Follow. Um, join the Patreon. All that stuff. You won't be disappointed. All right. Anytime. Thank you so Thanks much. For having me. All right. We're going to have you on again sometime soon where we yeah, can spend for sure. more time. Yeah, so. we'll do it. Thank yeah. you so much. All, All right. right. You got All it. Right. Did that just really happen? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that was, that was, um, Really good, but like a bit stressful because we were up against it. We already kept him like way longer than he said we we were supposed to. He was obviously super cool about it, but like it's a thing with this show, man. People will be like, "Yo, I only got thirty minutes," and then they're still like all in in like an hour. <laughs> like, yeah. Um. So yeah, that was really cool though, man. Like the most technical and like insightful interview we've ever done in the most like compact amount of time. <laughs> That was actually yeah, great. 
Yeah. I, I felt like I was looking to him for some like miraculous answer to something, but then he was yeah. just, just like, you're a human being. Just like do what you yeah. need to do. You know what I mean? It, like it's, it's so great. We say this at the end of every episode, dude, all of these guys are just drummers and we're all doing it in different ways. And that's, what's so great about it is like, I feel like I learned something from that, but I'm like, Oh yeah, that makes perfect sense. It's so simple, you know? And like, yeah, it's great. It's it's great, dude. That was awesome. Thank you again to Ari Honig for coming on. Like one of my favorite drummers, legit, just came on the podcast. <laughs> like it's crazy. That's crazy. Um, all right, guys. So um, we're gonna wrap because this show has been really, really long. Um, and Phil's babies are just locked in a room. So we <laughs> we got to eat lunch. I got to start some lessons. Ari Honig is back to starting his lessons or whatever he's doing today. Um, so thanks to him for coming on. Um, I know that was a short interview, but hopefully we made it up with videos of the week and having Kevin Aguchi on. Thank you, Kevin, for coming on. Hey, thanks for having um, me. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. And, uh, Phil, thank you for staying longer than usual and producing this thing. <laughs> and, um, yeah. So next week we're back at you. We're just doing this and, uh, we're going to wrap it there. Episode 79 of the Drum Brigade podcast, Corey Kingston. Kevin the Gooch Higuchi and Funky Phil Pardell, hey. as well as Ari Honig. Dang, it's a full show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, thanks for listening. Thanks to um, Revolution for sponsoring this show. And um, that's been the Drum Brigade Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Drum Brigade Podcast. This podcast was recorded in the Beat Locker at Pimp City in Oceanside, California. This podcast was produced by Funky Phil Pardell, and all drops and original music are by Corey Kingston. The Drum Brigade theme song is I Don't Like Your Music by The Busters. For more episodes, please visit drumbrigade.com and hit up our archives to hear some great interviews with Thomas Lang, Daniel Glass, Stan Bicknell, Tosh the Drummer, Kurt Buscara, Mike Dawson, and many, many more. For all other things, or to get in touch, please visit drumbrigade.com. Oh yeah, one more thing. Like and subscribe. Yeah.